Hello, my lovelies, and welcome to the Escaping Narcissistic Parents podcast, where you will find the validation and love you are looking for. First, welcome to my new listeners, and thank you, my old listeners. I'm always so grateful to have you on here. Second, if you don't already do so, please go on uh, Instagram and follow me at Escaping Narcissistic Mothers, all one word, and I will post it in the show notes. Now, I want I want to proceed by letting you guys know that this podcast was an idea given to me by one of my listeners, and. I'm not going to give you the specifics of what she said or, or give her the credit for what she said because she does want to remain anonymous. But I would love for you to follow her on Instagram as well. And I will also post her handle on the show notes. She is at daughters underscore anonymous. Okay, so Daughters Anonymous, thank you so much for giving me um, your story and your information. And I hope this is a fantastic podcast and I hope you, you like it along with everyone else. Now at this point, you are all wondering what the podcast is about. Okay, so this is one that I really haven't talked about much because I myself didn't feel that I fit in to this category, but as it turns out, I actually do. And maybe some of you will realize the same thing. And this is, without keeping you in suspense for so long, it's about neglect, narcissistic neglect. So you're most likely, this is a situation with a mother and a daughter, but it can be a mother and a son, a father and a son. Okay. So it's neglect when you were growing up. And there are four different categories of narcissistic neglect. And these are basic necessities that weren't given to us, right? These are the basic needs of raising a child. Um, these are also the reasons that they throw in our faces, um, if they happen to do it for us in a half, you know, A-S-S-E-D way, right? (laughs) Um, I'm not a prude. I just don't want to be censored in any way. Um, they throw in our face, right? They'll say, you're so ungrateful. I always kept a roof over your head and fed you and, and gay and, you know, you were clothed. Yeah. Those are the bare minimum things that a human being does for their child. There's so much more that a child needs growing up. They need love and support and they need to be hugged and given attention to. And these are the things that they, these narcissistic parents do not do. Okay. And a lot of you, just to warn you, are going to be triggered because, um, in chatting with, um, anonymous, uh, daughters or daughters, anonymous daughters, anonymous, I realized that 
my mother wasn't only an enmeshing mother, you know, the one that hovers and, and tells you what to do and is involved in everything you do, but she was also neglectful. And that surprised me. So don't be surprised if you end up going, oh my God, this is me too. You know, it's always the me too thing. All right. So number one is, is the most obvious would be physical neglect, which is, you know, they're not teaching you physical hygiene or not actually giving you physical hygiene. Like when you're a little kid, you get baths and things like that. And, uh, maybe you weren't given a bath for days or whatever. Um, not giving, not providing enough clothes. Um, they didn't provide us enough clothes. Um, they didn't comb our hair, right? They sent us to school looking messy. All right. So underneath that general stuff I just talked about, how about some more specific examples? Some are mine and some are not mine, but I'm not going to tell you which is which. Just keep in mind that we all have our own experiences. So every mother sends their child to picture day with clean hair and looking nice with a nice blouse on or a nice shirt. Um, with a new haircut, usually for the boys and for the girls, you know, they always came in with the nice little French braid. I remember when I was in school or whatever it was, but a narcissist will not do that. A narcissist will send you for a picture day with the messy hair, dirty hair, um, not give you an adequate outfit for that day right? So you don't look pretty. The idea is they don't want you to look pretty or be pretty in any way, shape or form. Um, so they send you to, to school looking like that. Another thing is not providing you with enough clothing. Um, I can say that this was a one that was personal to me as well. I was given hand-me-downs. Um, I'm sure some of you may now be opening your mouths. Not only were they hand-me-downs, I got hand-me-downs. I don't have siblings, but I got hand-me-downs from the neighborhood kids, as well as hand-me-downs from my own mother. So I wore, as a, I've got proof of it thinking about, it. I've got pictures of me wearing her clothes. Um, that is abusive. You don't give your kid a hand-me-downs. You, you can do it for like, oh, you don't have something to wear here, but not because you were neglectful, right? <laughs> now, on the other end of the spectrum, I will say sometimes your kid doesn't give you enough time. Um, they tell you the night before that, oh, I have tomorrow's picture day. <laughs> That's happened to me. And then you're like scrambling for to look for something for them. It's different. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to say two more things about the clothing. 
I more than once, and I think I've said this before, had to sew holes in my socks to start the school year because she couldn't afford to buy me new socks. That is bull. And I see that now, right? That's bull. I went to Catholic school. Now that was important, right? To make sure everyone saw that I was a Catholic school girl, but I didn't, I was wearing the same socks I wore the entire year before with holes. And I only had three or four pairs of underwear. So whenever I took a shower, I would wash in the shower. I would wash the underwear so I'd have clean underwear. And that stuck with me so long that even after I had been married for the first time, I was still doing this. When I married my second husband, it was like something clicked. And I had like, sorry. And I bought like 20 pairs of underwear. And I remember looking at them all folded up and it was a stack. And thinking, look at that, I have all that underwear. I don't have to worry about it. So there are things that stay with you forever. And you don't even realize it's an issue until someone points it out to you. And that's kind of what happened to me yesterday. So, yeah. And some of you may have different stories of, of neglect with basic physical needs. And again, go to our, our Instagram's, um, pages and, and talk about it. You know, why not talk about it? Okay. The second one is medical neglect. And that I have talked about before. And a lot of you have agreed. Number one is, you know, the most obvious, not taking care of you properly when you were sick. Now, um, a lot of you, this was a popular post of mine a while ago on Instagram was being blamed for being sick, right? I, I used to get blamed and yelled at whenever I felt sick. Um, and I know that that, that can be very, um, jarring because you end up then not saying that you're sick or have, you know, a cold, a virus or, that you don't feel well because you're afraid of what the repercussions of it is. And you end up dealing with it quietly without saying anything. Um, there were many times when I spent the weekend in my bedroom, not doing anything, just watching TV, just the entire from Friday when I got home from school until Monday morning and no one asked me if I was okay. No one went in my room and said, are you okay? Are you feeling okay? Instead I was ridiculed. And what was happening to me very clear right now is I was depressed. I was suffering from depression caused by the neglect caused by the emotional abuse and manipulation and on top of that, suffering from depression and anxiety and no one bothered to ask me if I was okay. I believe the first time I heard, I are what do you want? Are you okay? Was a therapist asking me. And that is sad because I was 
25 and I went on my own. Okay. So yeah, I, I remember talking about being blamed, you know, for being sick. Like I would catch a cold and you, I, it's your fault. You're sick. You had, you didn't have enough of a jacket, you know, a big enough jacket and you went out and it was cold and that's, that's not how colds work. I, I remember explaining to my mother, but it, there's no point because they will never understand that you can get sick from being cold, <laughs> that you get sick from a virus and you can't really stop that from happening since viruses are invisible. If, if you know, COVID you know, no one can see it. That's why it's such a big deal. Um, another thing is them telling you that you're lying, right? You say that you don't feel well and you're lying. And then just not taking you seriously and not taking you to the doctor, not taking you to the dentist. My mother stopped taking me to the dentist when I was like seven. That was the last time I remember her taking me. And guess what? I hate the dentist. I don't go. I know that's a common thing, but... I've had a lot of issues with my teeth. So, there you go. Okay. Um, The next one is another big one that a lot of you have also talked about is educational neglect. Where they're not providing proper educational avenues for you. You're not fulfilling your potential. Because they are trying to stop you from getting an education Because they don't want you to have freedom and independence and think for yourself and ever figure out what they're doing to you is, I think, a huge part of it. And the other part is they don't ever want you to succeed to the point where they are surpassing you, where you are, sorry, sorry, where they, where you are surpassing them, right? Where you are better than them, where you are smarter than them. And I have a daughter now, and she's in college. And I told her a couple of years ago, um, okay, Emily, you are already smarter than me, so I can no longer help you with math, for example. And I was a math teacher, but she does better than I did, right? So, (laughs) and I was always proud of her, and that was my point, right? And she's in college now, and I encourage her. But we were never encouraged, right? We, us, we were never encouraged. You guys know the story. I know I've told it before. I went from high school into college and I went to a college that I adored. I loved it there. I had a lot of friends. I was doing really well. I had a 4.0 at, um, GPA at the end of freshman year. I was there for two years and I was pulled out of college with the excuse that what she told me, what my mother told me was I got a D in Calc 3, which I did get a D, but everyone in that class got a D. I'm not going to try and excuse it. I'm just going to say one D is not enough of a reason to pull a child out of college and ruin their life. That's their whole life. But what she told the family during the the smear campaign, I can't even say that. It was before. She was telling these people while this was happening, while I was in school, that I wasn't going to classes, that they had paid tuition, 
which was about 12,000 a year. And that I wasn't attending school at all. That I would go and I would drink coffee and smoke cigarettes. Except that's completely false and impossible. And I even have the grades to prove it. And I went as far as texting a flying monkey my transcript. And I bet you it still didn't convince them. Right? So another thing here is stop trying to convince people of things. It doesn't matter what they believe they are, you know. It doesn't matter. So she was saying all of these things, even though I was, in fact, like I said, I got a 4.0 GPA that first year. And the second year, I did really well. I screwed up Calc 3 because I was starting to struggle with the calculus because I was a math major. As a matter of fact, I ended up getting my degree on my own, married, working, and going to school, I got my degree in English language arts with a minor in math. And I did that on my own. So she couldn't stop me from getting my college degree either way. I just didn't get it from the school that I loved. And I think that that was part of the reason that she pulled me out of school. Was because I was enjoying myself too much. Right? I really was. I had a huge group of friends. I had a huge group of friends and I was enjoying my education there. I was doing well. She couldn't stand it. She didn't go to college. She couldn't stand it. Okay, so the last one is the one that is, I I would say the most common and across the board is what affects every single one of us that were raised by narcissists, which is emotional neglect, right? We weren't given hugs and kisses and told that we were loved. All right. If anything, we were punished, told that we were worthless, told that, you know, we we couldn't do anything because we weren't smart enough that if you had, for example, anxiety, that anxiety was going to stop you and it, and it, and you were crazy. That's a big one because the emotional stuff as a child is what it really sticks with you. It is a programming of your brain that you need to work on as an adult to Focus on that and and hear hear that what you're saying to yourself is not you. It's her or him. It's it's the narcissist saying, you're not good enough. Don't don't even bother trying. You're never going to amount to anything. Right? And when you failed in life, which is a part of life, failing is a part of life. If you don't fail, you don't learn to succeed. When you failed, they said to you, I knew that that wasn't going to work out. They act like they knew they know everything after the fact. Well, yeah, everyone knows what happens after it happens. That's called being, you know, it happened. (laughs) That's not being a psychic. Um... So this emotional part is is where most of us were the most affected, right? Because we didn't have someone that we could 
confide in and talk to and say, hey, um, I, I want to talk about, about sex. Explain sex to me. Explain r- religion, you know, except those things were used against us, right? A lot of us were sex shamed and still live with the consequences of that. And a lot of us were punished using religion and are still living with the consequences of that. So I'm going to kind of end there. Um, once again, what I want for you guys is to realize that none of that is going to stop you from being who you are, reaching your potential because it's all there. It was just stuff they said to us. It's not who we really are. So we have to learn to move past that. And I'm still in that process. And this is my process. My process is telling you and hoping that you get something out of it. I'm still struggling. I'm still struggling with a lot of these things. And I'm sure you guys are too. And that's okay. Because we all heal at a different pace. All right. I want to thank, once again, Daughters Anonymous for helping me with this podcast. Um, I appreciate you coming and telling me the things that you did. And please follow her. Again, I will put her her, um, Instagram information in in the show notes. And I want to send all my love. All my love and all my peace and all of my experience and knowledge out to you guys so that you can take it and move forward with your lives because none of what was said to you was true. It's not true. You are great, you are smart, you are capable. And that is the truth. And the only person who can stop you is you and your own thoughts. Don't let that stop you. Okay, guys. Until next time.